Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Hello. Today, I'm so happy to introduce you to my new old friend, Susan Scheib. Uh, Susan and I met on the blogosphere. I think we were just both commenting on each other's blogs. Is that how it happened, Susan? I think so. Yeah. And Susan's in North Carolina now, but you weren't when I first met you. Was it Virginia? Somewhere back No, east. I was in North Carolina, but now we're in South Carolina. Oh, sorry. Hmm. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Susan is a great writer and encourager, um, author, blogger, encourager. She blogs at Hope Heart Home, which I always have a hard time keeping track of, whether it's Heart Home health or, or, um, you know, healthy vegetables on your plate, hope, heart, home. I do want to ask you this while I have your attention, Susan, is there any particular significance to the order of those words? Hope, heart, home. Absolutely. Oh, tell me. Absolutely. Messages of hope. Okay. From the heart and to your home. Say that again. Messages of hope from the heart to your home mm, from the heart meaning your heart or god's heart um well it's all <laughs> one and the same <laughs> not for everybody but we well, are so grateful <laughs> well yes. we're gra- we're we're so grateful aren't we yes that god loves us and oh, i know yes. that and susan has been an encourager to me through the years on even tech stuff remember you helped me on the computer at I one did. time and anyway and she blogs at hope heart home because she gives messages of hope from the heart to your home she started off with a devotional called um uh, a pruned branch yes. <laughs> which i yes. love because i finally me- it took me two and a half years but i finally memorized john 15 verses 1 through 17 so oh, but i have to go back yeah. and reiterate because I forget it, you know, and I don't think it's just my age, but it could be. But um, to, to see that God, you know, prunes, as soon as he accepts us, he prunes us. And I thought, wait, is this good news or what? So tell us a little bit about that first book. Well, a prune branch began in my living room in <laughs> probably 1994. Wow. And my friend and I worked together. And we did a women's newsletter monthly mm-hmm. for the ladies group of our church. And my moniker, as that's a word my mother you used to use, was a prune branch because oh. um, every every branch that's flourishing gets pruned so we mm-hmm. can flourish more. <clears throat> right. So that's where that comes from. And I started writing the devotions. Um, Very randomly, very randomly. And then they became more um, like I would go to a book 
maybe an epistle and I would just go through it and then have many devotions from Ephesians mm. or from James. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I had wanted to be traditionally published. That was my desire and goal. Sure. And, but I, I was an unknown and I just, I couldn't get there. So in wait, about, did you, did you try? I did. How, I how did. many, how many times? Um, I'm going to say six or seven hmm. and got, you know, thank you very much, but uh, <clears throat> not right. Not right now. So um, I was uh, crying, not crying, like boohoo crying, but whine, whining, whining, okay. that's a better word to the Lord and said, now, Lord, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get what you're doing here because you've put this in me to mm -hmm. write. And yet you're not, you're not showing me any favor. Mm -hmm. So he um, just very gently um, <laughs> took his snippers and pruned a little bit and said, if you write, I'll take care of the rest. Hmm. And I had no promises. You know, he didn't say the the next uh, letter you send, you're going to get accepted and nothing like that. He just said, you write and I will bless your writing. <clears throat> I'll take care of everything. Did he say that out loud, Susan? <clears throat> well, to me, it was out loud in here <laughs> and in here, okay. but uh, verbally, no, um, no how postcard from him. Yeah. How long? Um, it's just interesting. I love this whole topic of how we know God is speaking to us. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm the same way, you know, it takes me a while to shut up enough to listen to God. So how long between you whining um, and you hearing God's gentle nudge to keep writing anyway? Can you recall? Years. Oh, years. Not, not a month, because not a week. Oh, no. No, because I I had a lot of years of striving, you know, towards the traditional um, <clears throat> publishing. Mm. And then um, in probably 1997, um, when our first grandchild was born, is when I think I finally settled within myself that the Lord told me to write and I was going to write. Hmm. I set the book aside for years until um, 2002. And we had a horrible crisis in our family. Um, my husband, my, not my husband, my daughter's fiance was murdered. Oh no. By his nephew. <clears throat> and the sorrow that our family felt was so heavy and so profoundly deep that um, my whining became catastrophic in with pain, mm. you know. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't call that whining at that point. I would be calling crying was, out to God nationally. Uh, it, it was definitely, yes, <clears throat> definitely. <clears throat> And um, I remember standing in praise and worship one Sunday, and um, I don't know, they were singing some little chorus about God being so good. Mm. And, um, and I remember 
I couldn't even, and I love to sing, mm -hmm. I couldn't even get my mouth to work <clears throat> because at that moment, I wasn't thinking he was good. Right. I was thinking he was hurtful. And, um, oh, I'll never forget standing there and not being able to sing. And it was like, <laughs> he just took his arms and he said, you're either going to trust me or you're not. And then he told me to remember how I had been praying for my children. And that was very humbling. And I, I stepped back from myself and I just allowed him to begin soothing me. And he planted that word hope hmm. so deeply inside of me that his hope, the hope of glory, the hope that we can't see was true and it was real. And I wasn't even sure of this man who had been so tragically murdered. If he was a believer, I, I wasn't sure. Right. And so that <clears throat> brought great, great grief to me because sure. I had met him one time and I, and I was so ashamed that I had never said anything to him. And I was standing on the front porch, just weeping. And, uh, and I, I said to my husband, my current husband, <laughs> since we're going to go to the boat, <laughs> my current husband, <laughs> not your I, husband, <laughs> not my husband. Uh, and I said, Oh, how I wish I had something to cling to that mm -hmm. something would give me some hope for this person. And I, I'm not going to say his name. <clears throat> and Lowell said, I do. I oh. said, you do? Wow. He said, that day that I took him fly fishing on the creek, I told him that um, how he loved our daughter. And we share children, okay? We okay. don't father and mother any of the same children, but okay. we share children. Sure. And um, they had been fly fishing. And he said to this person, he said, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you love our daughter, but there's really one thing that I need to know. And he, he just came right out. My husband's very bold. He's much bolder than me. Wow. And he said, I want to know how you feel about the Lord Jesus. Wow. And this person said, well, I'm, I'm probably ashamed that my life doesn't show it more, but I did give him my heart <clears throat> uh, such and such time. Wow. And um, so there it was. And, Lo and Lowell had never told you these men who, who just keep oh. themselves till we ask them. Well, you like, didn't ask you me. Know, the, the fishing partner yeah. uh, confidentiality I or see. something. <laughs> it's not like he's a doctor but, and you can't share the yes, kidney stuff. And I know he's listening to me. Um, yeah, he can't hear you, but he can hear me. <laughs> and it was like, oh, dear. It, was, it was just like a big, package yeah, sure. of hope oh yeah and I thought and so now at this moment I had something to take to my daughter who was devastated and, sure and my sister was picking me up so we could go to her in Florida mm -hmm. and um <clears throat> but finally I had something I could give her hmm. and um and that was just oh it was just incredible
Incredible. Let me, let me ask you this, because it's been several years since then, and you've encouraged many and probably still gone through some hard times since that time, because we all do. Mm -hmm. um, do you still, getting that package of hope, as, you like, as you've just referred to it, do you still need that same kind? Or are you trusting God more without seeing it? Oh, I don't have to see a thing. Nope, not anymore. Mm -hmm. That was so black and white. So mm -hmm. it was so heavenly that... Mm -hmm. No, I never questioned it anymore. <clears throat> wow. Never. Not once. Not once. No. No. And I say oh, that with confidence. That's wonderful. You know, we don't like hard things, but I like I like what comes from the hard things. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. The Bible mm -hmm. talks about hard things. Mm -hmm. David had hard things. Yeah, and he messed up. A friend told me Big. on the phone the, <laughs> a friend told me on the phone the other day. She goes, Isn't it comforting that all those people in the Bible really messed up? I go, yeah, they it's really messed very up. comforting. And Let's the go. book I just put together, Women See a Sore. Uh -huh. I talk I talk about Bathsheba. She's one of the women in uh -huh. the books. And David was a scoundrel. Yeah, he was. He was the character. And it all started with a bath. All started with a bath. Hmm. And when and no curtains. Um <laughs> that's right. I want to go back to your family. Would you just tell me your, uh, who who you are as far as your family right now, your current family? Like how long have you been married to Lowell? How many children do you have together? Uh, not together, but you know, separately, whatever. Grandchildren? We've been, uh, November marks 40 years. Wow. 40 years. Wonderful. We've been together. They they haven't all been easy years. <clears throat> um, when Why my not? children, well, because I had three children with me and- children can be difficult no and yes and i had <laughs> one girl who was and you being a mother of three girls you know that there's a certain age they go through mm -hmm. that is not pretty <laughs> it's it's not even remotely attractive <laughs> is she the one and, who lost her fiance yes mm -hmm. my only girl oh only my girl. only okay. girl She's the only girl. Lowell has two sons, and I have two sons. And then Marnie is the older of all of them, I think. Okay. But they've never met. His children and my children have never met. In 40 years? In 40 years. It's, that's a whole different story. Okay? That'll have to and be a different podcast. Yes, it would have to be if I even <laughs> wanted to share it. Um, but you were married before then? For 12 years. Yes. And, and, the, and he he's the father of your three kids. He is. Okay. And so the years Lowell and I have been together, we had a lot of child raising years. And um, Lowell is a, is a strong disciplinarian. Um, I, I was a good disciplinarian, I feel, but <clears throat> probably not as tough as he. I mean, he was tough, but he was raised tough. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, it was, uh, they were difficult years, very difficult years. And then uh, we decided to leave South Florida and the two older children weren't going to go with us to mm -hmm. North Carolina, but we took the, my 11 year old son, Michael, okay. mm -hmm. and he's been with Lowell since he was five. So that's a whole 
they have a wonderful relationship. Mm -hmm. He has a good relationship with all of them, but with Michael, it's special because mm-hmm. um, he really poured into his life uh, different skills. In fact, Michael says, he taught me the skills to pay my bills. <laughs> That's so, no small thing. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not. And um, we moved to uh, North Carolina from Florida, and uh, that's where Michael grew up, mm. and it was such a good time. Mm. You mm. mentioned that it wasn't always easy. Anyone who's married listening to this podcast or has been married, <clears throat> uh, real life isn't easy. Marriage is no. not easy. What um, What would you say helped you the most through the hard times? My My personal relationship with the Lord. Because I would, I would, um, I would tell him the things I was fr- I was frustrated about. I remember one morning, <laughs> and you know, my husband's sitting right here, and I know he can hear me. <laughs> but one morning, I was so frustrated, and um, and I, I couldn't even tell you what it was about. But I was making our bed, and the <clears throat> Lord very clearly said to me and again in here Mm -hmm. he said if you would just duck and let me hit him things could be better (laughs) and that taught me to keep my mouth shut and just continue telling the lord um my grievances Mm -hmm. and that you know one morning i i said to the lord "Ah!" and uh i like your vocabulary (laughs) And I was sitting on the corner of the couch and he goes, I know, Susan, but you love me with all your heart and I'm going to make this be better. But you have to you have to trust me. Mm. And from that point forward, grace. Oh, my goodness. Grace. Where would we be without grace? Not very far. Let me have you repeat this. If you would just duck and let me hit him. Yes. Because I kept taking the blows for him. Okay. Okay. But let me say, I needed you to finish that. And let, God is speaking. If you would just duck and let, and me. let me hit him because he's my target. Mm-hmm. You're not my target here. He mm-hmm. is. Okay. <laughs> Don't we like to get in the God's way and try to manipulate things our way? I mean, that's all the way from the Garden of Eden. <laughs> or to cushion. Yeah. We want a cushion. Yeah. You know. I mean, Eve, why did you take, why did you eat that apple? Well, the man you gave, the man I was with took Mm -hmm. the apple too. Mm -hmm. Well, move out of the way and let me get him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, That's, that's good marriage counseling right there. I remember walking into the living room and I know exactly where I'm standing and no one was home. So I could like talk out loud and I dawned on me, this sounds so stupid dawned on me that God loved Mark as much as he loved me. <laughs> How could that be? I don't know, because I get so frustrated with him that surely God loves me better. I mean, of course he does. Because God have we are so much more righteous. We're much more holy. We are, we're just better. better. <laughs> and that was not, like, what was so funny was twofold, the truth of it. Yes. That even though he's different, he's 
equally loved, even though he's yes. from Iowa and, you know, half Norwegian. God loves the Norwegians. And, or he's um, from Mars and you're from Venus. From Venus right. <laughs> and Venus is so much prettier. Oh, and, so much. and then the second part, the, the first part was that it's true. And then the second part was that I laugh at myself because I'm so stupid to think that he wouldn't. So it was oh. very humiliating in a very great way. And so That's I didn't right. have to gnash my teeth over it, but I just had to, to giggle. And yeah. also it made me love him more because I thought, oh, if God loves him that much, then where's my love gone? That's right. That's oh, right. It's such a <clears throat> such an epiphany moment. Yeah, and so ridiculous that it took that mm -hmm. long. Um, the Lord delivered a message of hope deep within my soul in 2002. That must have been the story that you just told me about uh, realizing that your uh, this young man had had a yes. relationship with God before he was killed. Yes. And so, um, what made you a writer? You think. For those of you out there oh, who think you might be a writer, what made you a writer? I I have never had a moment that I didn't know I was a writer. Right, from, really? from time from being, I would say from eight years old, I knew I I needed to write down things. My my girlfriend and I, when we were young, <clears throat> we published a neighborhood newsletter <laughs> and took it around to people and sold it for a dime. Mm. But I just had to, I had to get it, you know, I had to get those words down on paper. Mm. That reminds me of Stephen King. I don't know if you've read his book about writing. A lot of people, not. well, if you don't, I mean, a lot, most people don't like his, not most people, a lot of people don't like his right. books because they're too scary, but he wrote a nonfiction, which is excellent on his story about, how he became a writer and some really great tips. Okay. And, um, and he tells a story about doing a newsletter about age eight. He did. His mother encouraged him and everything. I mean, really. And of course he's a great writer. So that's so cool. So you said by the time you were around eight that you can recall, eight. you never not considered yourself a writer. That's exactly right. What would you say to the man or woman listening today? who are just now thinking they might be a writer, would you say, oh, no, you should have known when you were eight? Or would you, how would you encourage them? Oh, no. I mean, beginning is anywhere you begin. <laughs> so I don't, if you're eight, 18 or 80, but if you just begin by writing something every single day, mm. and that can be in a journal, <clears throat> in a day timer. Um, it could be just saying what I did yesterday or, but it's, it's such an outlet for emotion. And um, I mean, when we moved from our home of 30 years into an apartment and then into tiny house, <laughs> I threw away multiple, I mean, many spiral notebooks. Wow. Oh yes, because I wasn't going to take them. A lot of a lot of the things in there, I wouldn't even want anyone to read. And, oh yeah, and you, I've done you that know, too. You have visions <laughs> of dying, and your kids are, you know, going through. Yes. Did you know this about mother? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> no. And also, you probably already gleaned from many of them in your many mm -hmm. books. I mean, you've written over twenty four books, 25 books. And the one you're going to give away this week to my listeners. Um, I want to hear more about that in a minute. Who would you say 
No, I want to ask you two. Yeah. Who would you say is your audience in your writing? Are you just writing for God and what God is teaching you? Or are you writing no. for a particular person? Um, probably the one person would be a person like me who is very regular, very normal, um, a, a woman that loves her home, uh, loves her God, loves her husband, loves her family, and um, just has the everyday thing and things, and yet knowing that God really, really does have a plan for each one of us. And I think that's who my, that's who I write for, that person, that woman. But I've had men read my stuff and say, boy, that really ministered to me. Mm -hmm. So just regular stuff, <clears throat> everyday stuff, hanging out clothes, yeah. cooking. When you, um, no, it reminds me of Brother Lawrence. He, he spoke to God a lot over washing dishes, yeah. you know, as a monk. Um, yeah, I, I try to encourage younger women. They go, well, I don't have time for a quiet time. Well, you're just talking to God 24 seven. That's what counts. And never, uh, he will you meet know you what anywhere. my mantra is? What? Never, never say amen. <laughs> you wake that. up in the morning and <sighs> you just start and you never say amen. And then it continues <laughs> the next day. Oh, dear. That's so cute. Uh, Mike, and I've, I'm sure you shared those things with your kids. Do they get tired of hearing your mantras or do they like them? Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they count on them. Oh, that's really great. That's Even because, my grandchildren. You know why? Because they're growing up. It's, I think it takes a certain amount of maturity for them to appreciate uh, parents, just like I appreciate my parents, uh, or I did so much, more. <clears throat> so much more. I kind of wish they were still alive, even though oh. it was kind of hard at the end, because now I'm at their age when I used to drive them crazy and I, I would like to commiserate with them. <laughs> I would love to, oh my I would gosh. love, I've been reading a lot of historical, um, fiction mm -hmm. and, um, a lot of things about world war one and world war two. And my grandfather, my my grandfather was in World War I. He was on the wagon brigade. Wow. So now that I've been reading about this, I know exactly what he did. Hmm. But he never, ever talked about talked it. Talked about it. Yeah, I hear that. And a lot. how I would love to sit down with grandpa and say, mm -hmm. tell me about this. Mm -hmm. I mean, tell me. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. I'm horrible. Sure. Horrible. So, a question What, uh, how has God met you in your writing? Oh, everywhere, with every jot and tittle. Be specific. <clears throat> okay. I will sit down and think that I'm going to write on such and such, on, on, a, on a topic, because I get my inspiration from either a message I hear at church, reading, or reading those two places. I mean, I really like you could post something. All of a sudden, 
I'm going somewhere entirely different. Mm -hmm. And that's when I know that Holy Spirit is involved. Because mm -hmm. what I thought I wanted to say <clears throat> isn't really what he wants me to say. So I, and, and my fingers, you know, between here and here, they respond to here. <laughs> okay, you're pointing and people are listening. So between your head, your mind, and, and your my fingers, spirit. and your fingers, and then your spirit, and it comes out to be what God wants you to write. Exactly. Hmm. And when you get stuck, do you just give up or you come back later? What's your best to get beyond writer's away. block? You walk away. I For how long? Um, as long as it takes to unblock. Like my first book, I walked away for four years. That's a long time. It was. <clears throat> it was during that grieving time. Yeah. Now, when you started writing that newsletter with a friend with your church, now she wasn't a co-author with the Prude Branch, was she? Was she no. co-author? That was all you. Okay. Um, tell me about your latest book. Um, the one you're going to give away this week. Women See Us Soar. Mm. Great. Now, is it women like you're talking to women see us soar or you're just saying, women. no, other people will see women soaring? Yes. Okay. The women are soaring. <clears throat> are they and all of course, it comes from, it. you know, that's remember way back when woman hear us roar. roar. Yes. Helen Reddy. <laughs> Was it Helen Reddy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I, I knew I wanted mm -hmm. to play off of that. And I didn't know how I was going to. And then the Lord showed me a woman jumping out of a plane with a parachute. Mm. See a sore. Mm. And that's, that's what it is. Now, when I speak at women's retreats, I also refer to that song. Only I say we prefer women let, let us snore because we are always so lacking in sleep. But I like yours a whole lot better. And are, is each chapter a different woman in the Bible or a woman you know or an attribute of a woman? What is it? The, the, first, the first section, first part one, is Old Testament. And they are chronological as you would open a Bible. <clears throat> okay. Probably not as they appear in a regular Bible, not mm. in a chronological yeah, Bible. Yeah, I understand. Bible. Okay, good. <laughs> and then New Testament. And then this, there's a part three in the back, and there are three women that have influenced my life. Oh, wonderful! Mm -hmm. That's human beings. I mean, I mean, I know the women yeah. in the Bible are yeah. human beings, but these I gotcha. are like you know what I mean. Yeah, women that you actually met. <laughs> yes, and no. Right, right, right. Which is mm -hmm. really their legacy to you. That's so, right. So. Um, Let's, uh, if you leave a comment on the Instagram or on the blog, you will be automatically entered to win. I'm talking to the audience here, win a copy of Susan's book. And mm -hmm. uh, this won't be going out to 2000. What year are we in now? 22? It's ready. <clears throat> oh, the, the, but yeah, the, the book the, is ready. <laughs> the book is ready. By the time this goes out, it'll be really ready. And so we appreciate you doing that, Susan. I think we're going to be so encouraged. Um, which goes right into legacy. You know, this is a legacy podcast mm -hmm. and um, I'm sure you leave all sorts of legacies, but what legacy do you want to make sure that you have left for those who know and love you? A legacy of faith. That's the most important thing because when everything's said and done, 
is the only thing that's going to remain. You know, um, lay up your treasures in heaven. My mother, my grand, my grandmother, my mother, they were such women of faith. Hmm. And they went through hard things. <clears throat> my grandmother lost her adult daughter at 24. Hmm. Uh, my mother's marriage just, it, it failed. And um, when my first marriage failed, I pushed away from God, but my mother never did. She stayed focused because that was her, her true love. And um, I just, I, I took a, I took a side trip for about four years mm. and it was ugly. It was real ugly <laughs> and it's nothing that I'm very proud of, but um, you know, Liz Curtis Higgs, she writes about the bad girls in the Bible and, I, I have a segment of my life when I was a bad girl mm -hmm. and it was a, as an adult, <clears throat> but it makes us so appreciative of God's mercy and grace. Oh my goodness. When we see how far we've come, all of us, oh. all of us, we have our detours. And as my friend said, um, someone asked her once, uh, has your heart ever been broken? And she said, oh yes, but hearts heal and we mm -hmm. can either become bitter or better. better. And we become and sound like you were bitter for about four years, but God in oh, his great ugly mercy mm. came, brought you around. Um, when you say a legacy of faith, that can sound a little uh, like Christianese. So if there's someone listening today who doesn't quite get, can you put some hands and feet to what you mean that you want to make sure you leave yes. a legacy of faith? Thank you. I knew you could. Yes, <laughs> it would be a legacy of truth and but you have to come ter to terms with the fact that Jesus is the only truth mm. he's the he's the only way he's the only life and he's the only truth and everything we do goes back to that everything um, and I think that's what I want my children and my grandchildren to know. And I have, I have never been anything but totally honest with my grandchildren. They know things about me that I'm not proud of, mm -hmm. but I've always been very open with them, very transparent with them. And um, they know the mistakes I've made and I will tell them the mistake I made. And then I'll tell them why they shouldn't make that same mistake. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't mm -hmm. or they haven't, but they'll know why I feel that way. And so that really answers the next question, which is how are you currently doing that? You're, you're talking truthfully to your Absolutely. family about uh, your walk with God and all of our walks with God are bumpy and it's not Very God's bumpy. fault. It's not God's fault. It's, it's not. We're the, we're the bumps. We're the we bumps. We create the yeah. bumps and the potholes and the mess. Mm -hmm. But the truth and of it is the Psalm 103 where God says, or David says, or whoever wrote that one, um, he knows that we're but dust. To me, that's, you know, we're, we're bumpy dust and he knows we're that way. So he's so merciful. Mm-hmm. 
and he's so merciful. Mm-hmm. Well, the next question is, what obstacles did you have to overcome <clears throat> or challenges that you had to face to leave this kind of a legacy? <laughs> Just to be transparent, to mm-hmm. say things that I didn't want to, mm-hmm. but or maybe not say things. How about answer questions when these young I only have two grandchildren and they know that they can ask me any question Mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell them the truth. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you what, they've asked me some doozies Mm -hmm. and I gave them my word that I would speak truth to them always. Mm -hmm. And sometimes truth hurts. I mean, my, my grandmother was a truth talker. Oh, my goodness. And it was her truth talking to me on her deathbed that really brought me full circle back to the Lord in 1983. What did she say to you? (laughs) Do you really want to know? I do. (laughs) She was on she was on her deathbed, by the way. It was the summer of 1983. Lowell and I were not married yet. And, um, but yet we were living like we were married. And um, I went in to see my grandmother. You mean people did that back in 1983? Yes, I thought it was just did. now. Oh, okay. I'm raising my flabby, flabby arm. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked, you know, I was, I was standing with her in the hospital. It was Presbyterian Hospital in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'll never forget. And She said to me, Susie, who's going to pray for my little ones when I'm gone? And I said, Grandma, I will. She says, oh, no, you won't. She says, that man out in the hallway isn't even your husband. How can you pray? And in that situation, <laughs> he's laughing has, in the background. <laughs> he is laughing because it was absolute truth. Yeah. And I, I just looked at her. I had no answer for her. Mm-hmm. I couldn't promise her that I was going to leave and go get married. I couldn't. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And <clears throat> that was it. That was the point in my life that I knew it was the beginning of the year that it took the Lord to start pulling in the life rope. Because you wanted to carry that legacy on a prayer for the people to come. Yeah, he gave me just enough rope to almost hang myself. But but just at the right time. Sounds like scripture. Suddenly, suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared. <laughs> that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what did it. She, so that's what, who I want to be with my grandchildren. Yeah. Okay. You're going to ask me hard questions. I'm going to give you hard truth. Mm-hmm. There's consequences. There's consequences. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. Uh, I, what I really love in scripture is where he says, you tell the truth, but you tell the truth in love. That's right. And that comes from having hard knocks yourself. I think that you go, wow, Lord, the Lord loves me. I'm going to tell the truth, even though it might be difficult to hear. 
Uh, Susan, I can probably answer this question for you, but I'm going to let you try. Okay. Uh, the last question is, how does your life embody uh, God's welcoming heart? And I don't mean hospitality necessarily. I mean your life. By being open. and oh, I, I think I'm a pretty open book. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, could be because I'm from New Jersey. Um, <laughs> but, I thought you sounded like you're from New York, not Florida. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm sorry. I just can't get rid of the accent. All right. Just uh, honesty. I think honesty is the most misused attribute and life way? principle. What well, I just want people to to know the truth. The, the very the the and the truth to me I had a mother-in-law that was a Jehovah Witness my first mother-in-law wow and I used to say to her over and over and over and I'd say mom if you if you never remember anything you remember this Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life Hmm. And no man goes to the Father except through me. I said, when you are at your end, I want you to remember that. That's the one thing I want hmm. you to remember the hmm. most. And that's what I want people to, <clears throat> to, to know. It's mm-hmm. salvation is a real thing. Hmm. Not everybody's going to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not everybody is. There's that personal confrontation that we have and it it has to take place mm-hmm. well susan you have been a delight as i knew you would be we could probably do this every week because we're old we could and do we it every day <laughs> we have lots to talk about but thank you for yeah. blessing my audience and blessing me and thank if you, you uh where can people find your writing as far as your blog as well as your published books um my blog hopehearthome.com um, and it's a secure site. And then if you search on Amazon, you do have to remember, I am Susan Chamberlain with an A-I-N at the end, Shipe. Okay. Believe it or not, there's another Susan Shipe out there. Oh, I so <laughs> I like to throw in, and I'm, I'm very proud of my British uh, background. Hmm. So I add the Chamberlain. Chamberlain that went through New Jersey. Well, you have been a great delight and encouragement to me personally, and I know to my audience. So thank you so much for being with me today. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.